Hello and welcome back to 40 Minute Mentor, the podcast on a mission to raise aspirations and inspire the next generation of category-defining founders. From purpose-led entrepreneurs to Olympic champions, you'll learn firsthand from today's successful leaders on what it takes to be brilliant, all in just 40 minutes. If you're a loyal listener, you'll know that not too long ago, JBM turned 10 years old. And as we celebrate, we decided to share some of the lessons that I've learned from the last decade of scaling the business. If you're new to 40 Minute Mentor, I highly recommend listening to the first part of this special episode, which we launched last week. And of course, do feel free to rifle through the archives to hear more from our brilliant 40 Minute Mentors. There are well over 100 now. I'm sure you'll get tons of inspiration and great mentorship from them. Now. As we go through our top 10 lessons, number six is all around the importance of building partnerships. Now, unofficially, JBM has always worked in partnership with companies and people that we really respect, share values with, and really admire. But the truth is, it's only in the last year or two that we've really formalized those relationships. Sometimes it's really just about mutual value add. How can we support a company that we really believe in and that we believe will be helpful to our clients or our networks and vice versa? So the way that we've done that is we've created content with other organizations. We've run events that we've co-branded. We've hosted webinars or in other instances, we will cross sell them into our clients or candidates. And that has been absolutely game changing for JBM. So what we've done with these organizations is we've actually taken a lot of time to get to know each other at a much deeper level, to really understand their business models, their challenges, where they need our help. And we've then done the same thing from our side. And so what that's done is we've had like adjacent organizations. So the likes of other recruitment businesses that specialize in different areas to us or a COO networks like Operations Nation. It could be people leaders, uh, people advisory companies like Unleashed, who we love, and various others who we kind of have got to know and who we can kind of both go to market knowing what each other does really well and waiting for the right opportunity to introduce them to those that need them. So it's all about adding value and basically having each other's back. So at the end of the day, JBM is all about how can we add more value to our candidates and clients. And so we found these partnerships have really, really helped in that respect. So for instance, with clients that might have a particular recruitment need, we now have partnerships with uh, specialist firms that instead of us trying to claim or blag that we can do something that we're not well qualified to do, we have somebody that's really reputable, has a proven track record um, that we can introduce them to. And it's worked so many times now that it's just, it's almost like an extension of our business. And that goes for so many other functional areas, whether it's partnerships we have with COO networks, with founder networks, with angel syndicates, whether it's partnerships with various investors or whether it's with particular VCs. More often than not, we are not just looking to place people into jobs. We are trying to understand what our clients and candidates need. And if there are ways we can help them, we'll do that. So these partnerships have really, really helped. And I think also alongside the more practical stuff of helping our clients with sticky situations or hard to fill roles, it's also been a chance to create partnerships with companies we really believe in and pay it forward, like use our expertise to help those organizations. So a couple of examples of that are a career pass, an early stage startup that I'm on the board of, 
they are doing a fantastic job of democratizing access to mentorship. So through that, we've been able to kind of connect career paths to candidates and clients in our network that want to become mentors or get mentorship with Unrest, a impact-focused accelerator that I'm also on the board of. We've been able to run workshops for their cohorts. And that's not only been lovely that we've been able to use our expertise as headhunters to help those organizations, but it's also been great learning and development opportunity for our team to get experience of presenting and running and facilitating workshops. But it's also got commercial upside because lots of startups, which hopefully will go on to achieve great things, will have met us, will have got to know us and how we operate and what we do best. And it's given us the chance to build some really meaningful relationships with early stage founders. So I think there's always there's always some like warm and fluffy things about helping and paying it forward and doing good. But then there's also a lot of commercial upside from some of these partnerships. So long story short, build great partnerships with companies that you really admire and respect. And you'll see lots of upside off the back of it. So on to number seven, and this is one that I'm sure many founders listening might laugh at because it's uh, often seen as a bit of an impossible task. But I wanted to talk to you about finding some balance as a founder. And the truth is, it's really difficult to do. And I've struggled for large portions of the last 10 years trying to battle with sort of combining running a business trying to be a good dad and uh, husband and friend and keep my health and fitness and eat right and do other interesting things. And the reality is it's pretty difficult to juggle all those things. And so over the years, it's been a bit of a struggle. But one thing I've realized the longer I've been a founder is that although I don't advocate the hustle mentality anymore, I think there was times when I was working ridiculous hours There is no escaping the fact that you have to work really hard and you have to put the hours in, particularly in the early days of starting a company. And in some ways that never leaves you. But if you believe in your mission and purpose and you enjoy what you do and you see the impact of that, sometimes that's not a bad thing. But where it does become an issue for you, the people around you, your team, your family, is when you are burning out, you're getting stressed, you're getting ill, because you are not finding any balance at all. And I think this is where I try my best now to find an appropriate blend as opposed to a balance. And I think if you can blend it and and get your work and life to coexist harmoniously, then it's really good for your well-being. And I think that's one of the key messages that I've learned. I've I've talked on this podcast before about burning out, about um, stress levels going through the roof, making myself ill, Um, suffering from anxiety during uh, intense moments of stress. And I now know how important it is for me to spend quality time with my family each day, you know, do the school runs when I can, do bedtimes, you know, get out into nature and go for walks every day, drink lots of water, all the stuff that you know is just good for you. But in the early days of JBM, I ignored. And so I would say if you're listening to this and you're going down a bit of a rabbit hole, you know, just look after yourself because there were times when I really did myself damage and it, it, I was I was stuck in a almost like a vortex of anxiety always trying to you know just make another deal and I realized I had, you know, put in another hours of work just to kind of move the needle a bit further and the reality was all I was doing was not working as efficiently as I could I was neglecting the people that I loved 
and the stress was just compounding. So now I, I really tried to structure my day slightly differently. I tried to get energy from being with my family, taking time out with my friends or my colleagues, um, you know, getting away from the day job uh, at times and making sure that when I am working, I'm working in a really focused way, a really efficient way, and also not beating myself up about every little thing. And that's what I've done historically over the years. What I'm trying to do now is absolutely celebrate the successes, but not get too high when they come and not beating myself up about the mistakes and failures that are inevitable with with running a startup. So just trying to put things in perspective a bit more. And I think part of my job as a founder is also to set the right example to our team. I am a continual work in progress on this. But what we've tried really hard to do in the business is to create an environment where flexibility is championed. And so we've done that for the last few years, pre-pandemic actually, where we've had some of our team working part-time, some working, you know, we, we have a philosophy of work from anywhere. So lots of our teams spend portions of the year working abroad. We've brought in a number of other benefits where we've tried to really promote the importance of health and well-being. So all of our team have access to Spill, which offers therapy sessions. We have a £50 wellbeing budget and a wellbeing day off each quarter for the team to use for just for themselves to reset and focus on on, on their wellbeing. Um, and we've offered uh, unlimited holidays, but actually implemented a minimum of 25 days to take in the year. So some of these benefits are for everyone. Some of them might not be, but for our team, I think what we've done is we've tried to listen to their needs and really make sure that we are creating an environment where it's not a presenteeism culture where you have to be seen to be working all the time. It's really about outputs and outcomes. And we find that it really helps us to attract great talent and retain the brilliant talent we have in our business because we trust everyone to work effectively and efficiently in the best way for them. And we really want our team to feel that they have lots of flexibility and freedom to On to number eight, and this is something I talked about last episode, and it's really around listening to your gut and not being afraid to make bold bets. I shared last time around about how our SOS proposition came out the back of a very challenging situation, which was the the global pandemic. I talked about how we were almost chucked the towel in on the business, but actually ended up restructuring pivoting the business to focus on startups um, and as as a result of seeing the best years ever at JBM in the last few years. So sometimes out of difficult situations, you can make bold bets and really lean into them and they can take your business and life off in a totally different positive direction. So those are just two examples of where I've really listened to my gut and I've gone with it and it's really worked. But I've also got some other examples I just wanted to share. And I think they're quite topical. One is around the importance and benefits of hiring fractional leaders. And we're seeing a lot in this current climate that we're in, in a recession where it it can be risky to to make big senior hires. We were in a similar boat where we, we didn't have budget to go out and hire a really big hitting director or managing director into JBM, but where we felt we needed some added capability when it came to business development and strategy. And so I decided, uh, why not practice what we preach? We've been working with our you know, SOS clients on and, and talking about that, how 
hiring fractional leaders will be really beneficial because it's cost effective and you can get really high caliber people maybe on on a part-time basis and that's exactly what we decided to do we brought one of our board advisors ben sanders into the business who is a great living example of what we're telling our our clients he's made a huge impact at jbm over the last year or so you know it's really helped to drive brand awareness and win business for us and he's also been you know bringing a startup mentality to our organization so for me i think leaning into some of those gut feelings and and making bets and off the back of that you know i I have no doubt that we will hire more fractional leaders into our company over time and we've continued to do that so you know we hired nejmi to to run all our learning and development he had worked at the unicorn scale up multiverse we've hired other clients and coo clients of ours to come in and help with operational projects and people projects it may seem strange to recruiters to bring in clients and candidates to work in a recruitment organization. But for me, those bets have really paid off because their expertise and um, outside influence has really helped further professionalize JBM and has been uh, just also great for culture, just to have different voices at the table and new perspectives. And one other linked big bet that we've taken was we hired our fabulous head of marketing and partnerships, Hannah, in January. And at the time, a lot of people were questioning why a a six-person business needed a full-time head of marketing. Obviously, we'd worked with agencies before, had to have some great relationships with the companies that we work with. Did we need to go all in on a full-time hire? And the honest truth is, it's been one of the best things we've ever done because we believe that we're not just an executive search firm, but we're also a content creation business. And by bringing Hannah in-house, it's given us the opportunity to really double down on some of the projects like the podcast and various other video series we've done and other content that we've had in our heads for a long time that has been really impactful and meaningful in terms of getting the word out about what we do and hopefully adding huge value to our network, which is at the end of the day, what it's all about. So inspiring mentorship, giving great career advice. And as a result of that, our followers have gone up massively, our downloads have gone up massively. And I think a lot of that is down to a really unified approach to marketing and partnerships. And we've been able to really advance the business tremendously in in the last 12 months. So it gives me massive pleasure to be able to look back now and and give a cheeky smile to all the naysayers that thought that was a big risk because it certainly paid off. So sometimes when you really have to feel something and, and, and of course, as long as you can justify the expense, sometimes making these sorts of hires are really worthwhile. and, And certainly with Hannah, that's been the case. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. But before we continue hearing from today's mentor, I wanted to take a minute to give a shout out to our series sponsors, Alchemist. Alchemist is an industry-leading learning and development company using immersive and interactive experiences to help increase employee engagement, levels of happiness and achievement across your teams and overall productivity. Alchemist presents L&D departments with an opportunity to innovate and be bold in their approaches to blended learning. If you love the sound of this as much as we do here at JBM, then head over to thisisalchemist.com forward slash 40 minute mentor to learn more. And now back to our 40 minute mentor. On to number nine, and that is linked to what I've just talked about, and that is recruitment. Now, hiring is often described by many of our clients as the most difficult thing to nail 
in startup life. And that is very true. Um, I guess that's why we are in business. And a lot of what we do is support founders with tricky searches. And you'd have thought, therefore, that hiring for ourselves would be a, a real walk in the park. But that is not the case. I've always said hiring for JBM is probably the hardest part of the job. And part of that is because, you know, JBM is my baby and it's personal and so important to get it right. But also I've evolved a lot, I think, as, uh, you know, my own techniques and our own processes when it comes to recruitment off the back of making many, many mistakes. So um, I've learned from bad hiring decisions in the past. Some examples were, you know, we brought in people to the business that were fantastic recruiters in corporate settings, but just weren't right for uh, you know, a fast paced, very scrappy entrepreneurial uh, setup. I've also done the classic hiring in likeness and, you know, hire really engaging, bubbly, lovely people who are fantastic, but weren't necessarily either weren't necessarily a proven recruiters. So there's a, a big learning curve there. Or what's often been the case is hiring people that have probably been quite disillusioned with recruitment. And I've realized now that anyone that comes into JBM has to really want to work in this space and be really passionate about disrupting it. And I think over the years, I've, I've probably got that wrong a couple of times. I think the key thing with any bad hiring decision is really to, to be self-aware, do an honest appraisal of your process if things go wrong and really try your utmost to learn from it. And I think that's what we've done in recent years. We've really seen the impact of of bringing more structure to our, our recruitment process. We now get anyone that comes through a, a JBM process that really goes through the ringer in, in a nice way in that they meet lots of people across the business, basically everyone across the business. There's lots of different types of stages. There's more informal stages. There's a stage where we dig into skill set, competencies, and we've been able to bring in outside perspectives in, in the form of our board to give you know a different type of assessment and viewpoint and by doing that we've done all those things because back in the day it used to be you know a couple of coffees and a beer or whatever and and we'd we'd go for it and, and we were quite laissez-faire about it whereas now we know the impact of getting it wrong and so we are both for the candidate's perspective and our own we've tried to be really honest about the good and the bad uh, you know the challenges we face we try to really, really make sure that motivations are aligned and that there's a good culture add to our organization. And we've we've tried to be much better at writing much clearer job descriptions with really clear role definitions and try to really assess effectively against those responsibilities, skills and capabilities. And as a result, I'm very proud to say we have the best team we've, we've ever had right now. And we will be hiring again in the not too distant future, a recruiter to join the, the organization. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you've got that startup hustle, that real self-sufficient mindset and entrepreneurial mindset, and you love the talent space, then I would absolutely love to hear from you because we found that when we get that hiring right, it can be transformational. So I've learned an absolute time from getting recruitment wrong and also from getting it right uh, in recent times. I'm sure lots of you can relate to that. We've just talked about hiring and for number 10, I wanted to come on to talking about exiting. Uh, and when I say exiting, I mean the importance of leaving on good terms with your employees when either things don't go to plan or when it's just the right time to move on. The reason I've got this at 10 is because I, I think this is something that I've seen a lot of early stage companies get really wrong, where the founders take 
people leaving really personally and often things get toxic quite quickly and relationships break down and it's not really great for anybody involved the founder the employee that's leaving and the wider team and also can have a knock-on impact in terms of brand reputation so I've always taken the uh, philosophy that one, if things haven't gone to plan, you have to take accountability for that as well and accept that and learn from it. Uh, And the most important thing is that you support people leaving your organization as much as you possibly can. So that is being really honest and candid with them, trying to work with them uh, through an exit and do your utmost to leverage your networks your expertise so for us it's whenever anyone leaves jbm we will always spend lots of time on cvs and thinking about what's next and how we can best support uh, with introductions or advice around next steps in the career and then just be really supportive and really honest and really open and as a result of that uh, what's happened over the last 10 years is one i've stayed great friends with the vast majority of people that have left jbm but two they've we've actually placed ex-jbmers into roles and many of them have become clients or our biggest cheerleaders in the industry and i'm sure you all know people that uh, do not like their ex-employees and a lot of that i think is often because of the way that they've exited their companies uh, there hasn't been that mutual respect there hasn't been that understanding that sometimes it's the right time to move on it's not always about when things go wrong. It's also that over the course of 10 years at JBM, there are times when it is just time for members of your team. They've out, either outgrown the organization or it's time for fresh blood in the organization. And lots of organizations go through these these sorts of stages of growth. And some people can rise through the business and continue to evolve. And I always say my challenge is to keep our team as long as possible, to keep developing them, incentivizing them, making JBM a place they want to come every day. But I also know that won't be the case for everybody and that it's okay that people leave. And I think as long as you treat people with respect, then that's okay as well. I think it's totally all right. And I think as I said, we've been able to turn ex-JBMers into lifelong friends, ambassadors, cheerleaders, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but also, we've had instances of boomerang employees. So Perry, uh, who's been with the business for a number of years, in two stints, left the company after the lockdown to go set up a business. And then she returns to JBM uh, this year to work fractionally for us alongside her startup personal training business. Um, And it's just been the best thing ever to have her back in the company. And it's a trend we're seeing more and more. And I think is often a sign that you've dealt with the exit in the right way in the first place. So I know what it's like. I know it can really hurt when somebody hands in their resignation. And your natural instinct as a founder is to feel quite hurt about it. But I think sometimes we just need to drop the ego, be supportive, want the best for our employees. And at the end of the day, sometimes that's not within your business. And then do your utmost to help them because it can often result in a really good outcome for everybody in the long term. So that's it. That's a wrap. 10 lessons from my journey of scaling JBM. There are frankly, hundreds more, but I'm not going to bore you any longer. I hope you enjoyed getting a bit of an insight into my journey as a founder at JBM. If you've got any questions or would like to learn more about our business or 40 Minute Mentor, please do get in touch at info at jbmc.co.uk. And if you've been enjoying 40 Minute Mentor and would either like to become an ambassador of the podcast, which we would 
love you to be or you'd like to find out how you can partner with us in any other way in the new year then do get in touch with our producer and head of marketing hannah who is on hannah at jbmc.co.uk we are looking for sponsors so do give us a shout if you want to be associated with 40 minute mentor in that capacity and i would like to say a massive massive thank you to you all for your ongoing support it's been another fantastic year for Fortuna Mentor and I am truly grateful to have such a wonderful audience and I can't wait to see you again next week for a special best of 2022 episode until then I hope you have a very happy holidays or a wonderful Christmas if you celebrate it and you get to spend some quality time with your loved ones it is a really important time to rest reconnect get refreshed ahead of what I'm sure is going to be a fantastic year for you and your loved ones. So take care of yourselves and I look forward to seeing you again soon.